Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome guys back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. We're up to episode 29 and this one is all about surface fishing for Murray Cod. Now, I've done quite a few episodes, we've done a lot so far and in recent times, this is actually one of the most enjoyable podcasts, especially with Chris and I think it is one of the best ones I have done with Chris and you're going to learn a lot. We have that much to share in this episode and we go through from start to finish all about surface fishing for cod. If you've never done it before, you'll be a pro by the end of this episode. We cover everything from the introduction to surface fishing for Murray Cod, why we think it works and when it works, the best time of day to fish, the application of surface fishing, you retrieve patterns, every little detail of how both Chris and myself retrieve lures, different types of surface lures. We run through the styles, you know, the sizes, paddlers, wake baits, different colors and how they affect the fish. And then we touch on a few of our favorite brands. And then we talk about what to do when the fish hits, exactly what you do and this technique that you might have heard go round in the fishing world called dead hands technique, which is a technique we use when you get a hit from a surface cod. Very different to getting hit subsurface. And then at the end, Chris touches on a couple of experiences. He's had a couple of his most incredible experiences catching cod on surface. It's, it's a cracker of an episode and it, we just go right in depth. And even doing it, I knew we covered so much good content, but listening to it again, I know you are going to love it. There's so much good content in there and Chris and I share as much as we can because that's what we're all about. We're all about helping you guys out there. In the last week or so, I've had so many messages come through from you guys. I get messages from people saying, hey, I listened to the podcast, I did this and I've caught this. It's the best feeling ever. That is the whole point of the podcast. And for those of you who are having success, well done. Congratulations. And I'm really glad that the podcast can just help even just a little bit, even if it's just inspiration to get out there and give it a go and put in more effort to help you get that fish. If that's all that you're getting from these episodes, but it's helping, that is a job well done. And I'm glad you guys are listening, enjoying, and loving what we are talking about. Every message that has come through, if I haven't replied, I am reading them all and they all do go noted. So if you have sent me a message, we do get quite a few. I can't reply to all of them, but I am getting them and thank you for sending them through. You guys are absolute legends. For all those who have submitted listener questions in the past couple of weeks, we will be going over them in a future episode in the next couple of weeks. We're going to get a couple more listener questions and we'll go over them for you. So they are there. We are getting them. Keep sending them through. Uh, We love answering your questions. If you do want to submit a question to us, jump on the Social Fishing website, join up to a free account, and then you could submit your listener questions. Guys, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Now, before we quickly jump in, I just want to talk to you about something very special that is coming very, very soon, and it is Go Fish Nagambi. Now, if you guys follow what we do, you'll notice that I am the ambassador for this incredible event. I've been the ambassador since the very start, helped them build up this really, really cool and unique competition. It's not just a standard fishing 
competition like you have day in, day out. It's a competition mixed with a festival. It is for everyone. And if you didn't go last year and you're looking at going, I highly recommend you go to this event. It is absolutely incredible. And not only is the $80,000 in cold hard cash for the biggest COD and incentive, there are so many different prizes. There's daily caravans and boats, random prizes up for grabs. That's not the major prize. The boat is not the major prize. The 80 grand cash is the major prize. Separate to the $80,000, there's another $70,000 in cash that gets given away for, say, the second biggest COD or, you know, champion angler, which is your total length, all divided up. So, in overall, there's $150,000 worth of cash, just cold, hard cash given away, and there's a whole heap more stuff that makes up for nearly half a million dollars worth of cash and prizes, caravans, boats, so much going on. Now, it's a fishing comp, so if you don't know much about the Nagambi Lake system, if you do a bit of cod fishing, you've fished Mawala before, it is similar to Mawala. It's a flooded, shallow, it's a river that's been flooded. So you've got this shallow lake system. You've got a rain river channel that's like six, seven, eight meters deep. You've got heaps of overhanging cover, stacks of standing stumps and trees. Uh, and then there's these shallow flats that range anywhere from like a foot, average about one to two meters, and the sum flats are about three meters. So there's a huge variety of structure there and there's so many different areas and there's a massive area for fishing competition as well. Now, it's capped at a 1,000 boats. Now, that is quite a few boats, but there's still plenty of water there for everyone to fish. There's some really good fish in that system. So, there's a lot of small fish. It's stocked really well by Vic Fisheries. There's heaps of smaller golden perch and cod, but there are also a lot more trophy fish than people think in there. There's some really good 80s, 90s meter cod. My biggest out there is 94 centimeters. Caught it on the troll filming an eye fish episode with Paul. We had a cracker of a weekend that weekend. Also cast up an 80 centimeter and we got some other really good fish. So, the Nagambi Lakes, the Go Fish Nagami competition is happening there. It's happening between the 2nd and the 5th of April this year. There's only a month to go and there's only about 100 to 100, I think it's 150 boat spots left. I think, hold on, I've got to hear 146 boat spots left. That's not many. So, there's it's nearly booked out and they will disappear this last month because there are a lot of people with bookings coming in now. 2nd of the 5th of April, Go Fish Nagambi competition. I will be there. So, come and say g'day. It's not just a fishing comp, like I said. It's a festival as well. So, what I couldn't believe last year was the nightlife, the stage, the music, the fireworks, all the food vendors that they had there. It was it was awesome. It was really cool and had an awesome vibe. This year, I'll be up on stage talking. You know, we might do a Q&A. I'll be up there chatting about fishing. I'll be there at the event. You can come and meet me, say g'day. There's a lot of other awesome anglers that will be there. And it's a great spot to go. I know we went there last year and I took a mate there for the first time. And he's like, wow, this place is incredible. I'll bring the kids here, I'll bring the family here. If, you're, if you've got kids or you, you love you just, just casual fishing with the family, it's a beautiful spot to go to. So, Nagambi Lakes, Go Fish Nagambi 2020. It's on the 2nd to the 5th of April. I am super excited, guys. Make sure you get your entries in and get there. It's going to be an incredible comp and you could win $80,000. That is life changing for catching the biggest cod. They gave away 80 grand last year. They're going to do it again this year. So I hope to see you there. Right, guys, without further ado, let's jump in and talk with Chris Cottrell all about surface fishing for Murray Cod.
G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. I just love sitting down and talking about fish. Once again, I am with my good mate Chris. How you doing buddy? G'day mate, what's going on? Good to see you again. I'm going to be talking about surface Murray Cod. Oh, it sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's good fun. So, yeah, I love sitting down. It's good to catch up as Mm. always. Talk fishing. Yes. You know, and, and I know you guys enjoy what we talk about and a really popular addictive style of fishing is absolutely. catching our icons on the top yes absolutely i actually didn't realize how much of a problem i had with surface fishing until i was cleaning out my fishing gear last night and um i think i had around about 40 surface lures yeah right yeah i know and i was actually considering buying more the day before yesterday yeah right. but it's that's how addictive it is it's insane isn't it good it's great surface so it's what i do it's a massive difference between catching them under the water because mm. under the water you actually do feel their full brute the big power hit. you feel their power mm. top water you don't feel the power you see and hear their power mm. which what i love about surface fishing is i love fishing with other people and they throw surface and mm. i'll just throw something underneath because i can experience that, that exactly <laughs> what they experience yep. The only difference is they get to wind it in. But we don't chase cod just to wind them in. We chase nah, cod for the hit. For the hit. So, like, a couple of times I've been at Blaring and Talos will fish with top water. I'll be like, go for it, mate. Um, <laughs> just do it. Get I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the fix of you getting I'll, that hit. And I'll get time. jammed by a big meter under the water and I'll catch it. And then you can catch one on the surface and I'll experience it yeah, too. Absolutely. That's what I love about surface is yeah. everyone gets to experience it. Yeah. But... Um, so let's talk a little bit about techniques for people who have never surface fished mm-hmm. before. So basically, if you've never heard of it, the chances are you have listening to the podcast, the cod comes up and basically boofs, we call it a boof. If you read boof anywhere, that's talking that's, about... That's a sound. Yeah. Yep. Surface, a cod eating a lure off the surface. They are such a predatory fish. They will eat anything. Mm. And what I find is that surface fishing, I feel like it is the most natural presented lure... This is what I believe. Yep. This day and age, with the amount of spinnerbaits, hard bodies, subsurface lures, blah blah blah, to be there's maybe a couple of periods here and there where a swim bait used in the right situation yep. is extremely natural, but very very it's very hard to put a swim bait in so many different situations and it works. I think as top water is the best way to trick a big big fish. I think it's in the areas where I fish, especially, it's very very highly. It's a lot of traffic. You know, yeah. I, I don't get the sometimes, especially with me being a, a dad working full time, I'll go sneak down to a local reserve and I'll go for a walk, and it's quite often where it gets peppered the most. Yeah. If you want to fool a big fish, especially something that's seen a lot of pressure, go top water. Yeah. Absolutely. There's something in it that gets the because I've, I've fished for years, right? Mm. Chuck spinnerbaits on the Murrumbidgee River downstream of Wagga, flat out between Wagga and Narendra, fished hard, oh, big log, let's fish it, yeah, fish it. I still have not pulled a, a big meter cod. I've pulled 80s, high 80s out of there. Mm. Not a big cod. And I feel like when you got you got spinnerbaits going in against the log, hard bodies right in front of them, and they still don't eat them. Nah. But with a top water used at the right time, like that last 20 minutes, half an hour of light, you yep. will convince a giant of the river to come up mm. and hit your lure off the top. And if you do hook it, you've got so much better chance of landing oh, is that, it. He's already up and off the bottom. Yeah, exactly. So... I think surface fishing has its place not only for its excitement, but its it, 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 its ability to fool big fish. Yeah, especially weight baits, paddlers too, especially at smaller creek fish. But yeah, especially big weight baits naturally presented. Oh, absolutely, and it's um, there's 
there's a also a, a bit of a way you know you know there's it's not just the, the one style like a lot of people will chuck on a paddler and just flog that to death you can actually you know you can go through the range of surface lures go down to something loud go to something subtle go to a wake go to so a, a song you know and you, you know you can keep going and you can really really get into depth with it and full big fish and it can be a successful way to fish and it's the most in my opinion the most exciting way to fish yeah you know i'll, I'll take a big murray cod smashing you off the top over three subsurface any day. Yeah. You now there's something about the absolute helplessness of sitting there and you're winding your lure in and all of a sudden just <laughs> massive spray of water and you're sitting there with dead you're hands like, going, oh, is it hooked up? <laughs> and then sitting there going, then looking over at your mate and you're going, that was huge. <laughs> you know, it's just, you cannot, and I try to explain it to people who come into my tackle shop and um, go, oh, I want to try cotton top, but what's it like? You'd be like, you have no idea. The first mm. buff you will get, mm. you will crap yourself and your lure will be behind you 10 foot from when you jerked it off the water. Yeah, even as much as you tell them. As much as you say, play calm, dude, because... It is absolute mayhem on the end of rod, and it's the best fishing you'll ever do. Well, I was just at Mawala not that long ago fishing with Jack Hawking and Ryan Shoesmith, having fished with Shuey for years. Yep. He'd never actually caught one on surface, and we were throwing on top water. It felt like such a good night, and Jack's caught that many down there. Yep. It's not funny. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is going to happen. And Ryan's like, I just don't feel like this is going to work. Like, did they actually eat these things? You're like, yeah. And you just, <laughs> I was trying to explain it to him for hours. Like, they do this, and just, just wait, mate. The lure will end up in your face because you won't. No, I said, don't do. strike, but it'll you, you'll strike. Anyway, we never got one, which was really sad because I really just wanted to get him to experience it yeah. because it's you just can't explain it. As no. I said, I said, basically sounds like a bomb going off yeah, or someone shooting like, something. Sounds over like a there. shotgun on the water, it, and, and that's the thing. A lot of people say, "Nah, can't can't be it's like that." Like a, it's not like a trout sniffing a fly. No, it's 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 the most unsubtle. The thing is the boof and then the tail slap, and you just sitting there go, Ugh. yeah, it's um it's. The stuff that just makes your adrenaline boil is yeah, yeah, insane yeah. fishing. So if you've never done it before, give it a crack. Obviously. Absolutely. So what I before we get into techniques <coughs> and that, just I just touched on the fact that I believe that it is one of the best ways to catch giant monster cod, right? Mm. At the right time of day, that mm. real low light periods, because mm. middle of the day, probably not. No. But if you're going out for a session, mm. depends where you are. If you're going out for a session, is it the most successful way to catch a fish, do you think? Because if I go out and I want to catch fish, I'll put a spinnerbait on. Mm. Straight up, I'll fish spinnerbait or a hard body, whatever it is. I'll fish subsurface all day. Sometimes surface will outfish it. Mm. But if you're out there just to catch numbers of fish, this is disregarding night time. Mm. But if you're, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because for a big cod, I feel like it's a great way to fool them <clears throat> in the right situations. Yep. And if I'm in fishing in blaring, Oh. If you're going to get one on surface, that's just for the thrill of getting one on surface. You're going to have to work a, 10 times yeah. as hard because naturally it's not common for them to do that. So is surface fishing a technique that we use to say, let's get heaps of fish? Or is it a technique to use to say, let's just, I want to get one on surface? Well, this, this is the interesting thing. Like if you told me, um, you know, a year, two years ago, you know, I want to go chuck top water during the day. I would have been like, nah, man, the only way you're going to do it is early morning, late afternoon, and throughout the night. As soon as the sun comes up, it's, you know, it's not going to work. Now, I think, once again, my very, very, one of my very first podcasts, I was uh, talking about the evolution of fishing and how different tactics have been applied. Um, and we're, we're starting to see 
you know, uses of, you know, people using surface lures, for example, to catch fish and catch big fish throughout the day. Now, I don't think, if you're a, a freshwater fisherman worth his salt, you've ever seen the granite gorillas guys chasing cod. Now, most of us, when we consider surface fishing Murray cod, first thing we go is wait during night, and then we fan out all these casts over deep structure and over deep water trying to find these big cruising cod that are hunting around, taking little offerings off the top. These guys, they're doing the total opposite. They're actually waiting for the sun to get up middle of the sky, high as they possibly can, and as bright as they possibly can, and then using surface. Now, they're using that because it's concentrating the fish into one particular area. Now, this might be, you know, I've done this, and done this successfully in, in a creek, at Old Man yeah. Creek. It was absolutely astounding the results I had. Yeah. To a point where the bloke I was fishing with, he caught nine on top at 12.30 in the middle of the day, and I got one on the spinnerbait. But the approach was, he was using it, the sun concentrates the fish under the cover, yeah. under the shade, he would use a weedless frog, pelt it in there, and he was getting hits during the day where I would never, ever thought that a cod would hit. Yeah. But that's where the fish was sitting and they felt comfortable enough to feed it. So I think the moral of it is, as long as you're using that surface lure in the right time, in the right area, it is possible to catch fish on top water throughout the day. And, and not just as a, it's a fun thing, but as a legitimate way to consistently catch big fish. Right. In the right situation. In the right conditions. If you're open casting in the middle of a sunny bend, no. Of course not. Yeah. The fish aren't going to come up there. Or say, for example, the Murray River or the Bidgee where it's quite deep water, you've got quite high trees. You do have shade, but it's not a secure sort of, I feel, Absolute. protected shade. No. It's, you, you'll get them, but... It's, it's these guys, and not only were they just not... They weren't using paddlers. They weren't using wakes. They were using weedless frogs, and they were flogging these things in hard up underneath cover. Yeah. You know, they were using the right tool for the right job. If I struck out a 100 mil buff bait and tied it on the line so this I'm going to piff it underneath that willow tree. Two casts in, I would have had that thing hung up so bad I would have got frustrated and taken it off. But a weedless spro, 90 mil, yeah. flogged up under, and that's what they were using, flogged up underneath cover and twitched out, got hammered. And we're watching these cod follow it out, out of the shade. I'm like going, oh, I've never seen a cod behave. And these guys yeah. say the same thing. The way these fish behave you fishing this hard in the structure, we're starting to see these fish hit middle of the day and doing things we've they'd never ever seen before. And to credit to them, it's an absolute amazing footage. Check it out. But yeah, it, I, I don't think it's just for for shits and giggles, and you know, you know, it's something we do during the night. And we're not going to catch massive amounts of fish. I think, and the way I fish now, especially in a boat, and I think you've seen me do it too. I generally have one rod rigged up with a surface lure, and another one rigged up with a spinnerbait or a hard body. Yeah. And one of my most iconic memories, and I know you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm smiling because <laughs> I know exactly what he's talking about. It was, in, yeah. We were. It was, what time was it? It was. Uh, it was four thirty. Four thirty in a. Uh, what do we? April, so sunset's probably like seven. Yeah, and the sun, and I tied on a surface lure, and you went, "What are you doing with that?" I was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna get a cod off that log over there," and you're like, "No, what? I think you fish surface for about fifteen minutes." Yeah, and then we got to this log, and this log was baked in sun. Yeah, but this it had a side, it had a carpet on it. But this side of the log had a tiny, not a tiny, maybe a meter round pocket of shade. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing, and I didn't realise it. I should have realised it then. If you get that cover and you get that shade, it'll equal. But anyway, back to my story. 
I had this lure tied into my rod. It was a, I remember it now, it was a double-jointed, tailor-made codwalloper. <laughs> and I sat there and I went... This was back before we'd fished topwater a whole heap. In no, we energy. hadn't really done... I even snapped the hook on that bloody lure. It was so old. Anyway, yeah, so Reese is sitting... I was sitting at the back of the boat. We come into it. Yeah. And you looked at me and I went, oh, yeah. And I went, watch this. And so I just stopped and watched him. I went... It landed on the water, and I went, click, and I went, I looked at you, and I went, twitch, literally said twitch, twitched it. No, no, you went, (laughs) no, it landed, and he went, wait for it, (laughs) wait for it, and then he said twitch as he moved the lure. I don't even know if the lure moved, (laughs) and it got bells, and bang, this big trout, he come up and just nailed it, and I was just like, oh, that... I, and we were in the early stages of social fishing. Oh, God, I wish I had the camera rolling for that. Cause to this day, it's not my biggest surface fish, but it was the most well-timed take I've ever had in my life. It was just like, wait, wait. And I just looked. I, didn't, I, didn't, I felt like I was like one of the Bruce Willis moments and like looked over and went, twitch. And I was just like, yes. Man, and from, from, that, from that on, I was just like, I want to do this all the time. So... I'll do it like I'll, we've done many a drift, and um, I'll chuck on a top oil. Like when we did our we did our cot on fly drift. Yeah, I pulled out surface lure really late in the day, and uh, I and I yeah. had that I had a hundred mil buff bait on, and I chucked it up under a she oak tree in the shade, well, and I had a buff, and then you got that yellow belly on. No, on no, the fly. I dropped it on the fly. So yeah. that was eleven o'clock. That was eleven o'clock in the day. Yeah, yeah. And, but the the key thing was I was targeting shaded areas, the right spots, exactly yeah. right. But then again, if you compare that to fishing low light and early mm. it's you're still probably going to have more in an open river like that you're going to have mm. more luck in the they're low got, light they, period you're going to be more confident absolutely same spots but a lot more confident but it's not something you disregard because i even saw a, a, the only ever time i've seen a duck get eaten it was on the yep. bidgee and it got smashed in the middle of the day yep. it was an open high bank with shade though and these five ducks cruised along this log and one just got destroyed. But that's as natural as a presentation as you Absolutely. get. Our lures do not exactly represent no. a duck with feet paddling. And it no. just got belted. It was so crazy. Uh, and it was missing duck once they all settled down. Mate, I've, I've, seen, I've been lucky enough to see it several times in my life. Um, and I'll never, ever, ever get over it. It's, um, it's something that scorches once you see your first duck. I've actually seen cockatoos get taken. I've seen ducks get taken. The most memorable one I saw a willy wagtail get taken. That was just absolutely insane. But you know, this just goes to show like these fish are top water predators, and you know, if you put the right presentation in front of them, they all absolutely inhale yeah. it. Yeah. So yes, it is a technique that can outfish mm. other lures in the right situations. Mm, absolutely. Rule. And the and the rule of thumb, I can't say exactly what it is because every waterway is different, but. It's your low light periods are key, mm-hmm. but it's your tight waterways, places where food does fall naturally on the top, mm-hmm. where you've got trees that things drop out of, and those smaller rivers. You, you still have you still have to have the, the the key aspects where a fish will hide and feed yeah, on those. Things. Absolutely, absolutely, compared to somewhere like Blaring, they where do eat top water. They instinctively do eat it, but it's more a open, lot, lot rarer, a, a lot, lot more, rarer. a lot more work. Well, yeah, it's a lot more prospective. It's rare, so you have to put in the hours for it to succeed. Mm. Whereas Barranjuk, there's a lot more surface movement from lizards, so you're going to get better results there. Yeah. And then better results and in better, small And creek. better key structure in Barranjuk too. Yeah. You can sit there and look at your logs and lay downs. So we already got blarings, very, very limited, very open. Or Copeton, for example, 
where you've got lots and lots of open banks and it's just consistently casting and prospecting. Um, but the Bidji, yeah, or you know, the Murray, where you sit there, you look at your key structure, you know, low light, you look for your shade during the day, you look for your, oh, sorry, low light, you look for your, your covering, your casting, you do it basically prospecting during the day, you, you look for those shaded areas and you stick to those shaded areas. Um, and yeah, it's it's an amazing way to fish. I, I've, I have outfished people using surface during the day, especially yeah. overcast low light days. And if they're in the mood for that, then keep with it. That's what I was going to say. Um, before we move on to the techniques and that, uh, overcast, really, really key for top water. If you are going to top water fish, obviously the darker it is, the more confident a cod is. Cod yep. are not a confident fish at all. No, even, so, even being the biggest fish in the whole river, you get a metre plus cod, you get direct sunlight. He's not coming up to no, the top. No, no, exactly. So in a really clear river, Say, for example, the Upper Murray, most of the fish that we catch there actually sit quite deep. Yeah. Compared to what I grew up fishing on the Bidgee, now I'm not talking just surface fish, I'm just talking fish. You'd cast a piece of structure with a spinnerbait, you click it in, bam, you get smacked straight away. Yep. And dead set, he must have been like 20 centimetres under the surface. In the Upper Murray, you can see half a metre to a metre. And we don't catch any fish in that no. top column of water because they're not there no. because there's too much light penetrating. Yeah. So that's why we use the lures that we do to get down where they are, but they will come up and feed on top when there's more confidence. Mm. So you can actually, we talk about the shade. Yes, they will chase it out into the sun very rarely. It's not something I'd say, yeah, go do, cast surface on sunny logs. But what I was getting at is that in overcast conditions, they will come up and hit surface. So when you've got that blanket overcast, yep. it's just like the sun going down. And you can actually fish surface lures all day. Absolutely. We've had um, I know, silver lighting on, on a, you know, a very, very bad time we have um, with these bushfires. It's been smoke haze and, over, and uh, overcast days. And we've seen guys crashing topwater all day. Because it's so dark. Because it is so dark. Um, you know... And that's one of the things, as soon as I get an overcast day, if it's an overcast, slightly cloudy day, and it takes that shine off that water, yeah, chuck top water, they'll, they'll come up and they'll hammer you. So you don't necessarily need pitch black dark for them to come up and feed. No, Just no. that little bit of reassurance that it's not direct sunlight on them. Exactly, exactly. So when it comes to technique, um, the general technique, what are we looking for? So basically, let's just talk about our, our, our cast and retrieve, first of all. Mm -hmm. And, and the areas you look for. So we'll, we'll touch on the cast and retrieve. So basically, what's what's what do you do? Okay, so my, my retrieve is actually a lot different to what other people do. A lot of people um, retri retrieve their, their lures quite slowly. For me, um, I try to imitate the animals that, that are on the water. So the first thing I do, I'll cast my lure out, I'll let it hit the water, and I'll let it sit for about four or five seconds. Um, absolutely dead slow. So if there's anything that's, if there's a cod sitting around, it gives them enough time to get up and get up underneath it. Watching my old pet cod that I used to have for many years, somebody would land on the water, he would come up off his log, cruise up and get underneath it and inspect it and have a good look. And, how, and he did that slowly. He sometimes did that really, really slowly. Sometimes he'd come straight off, bang, nail it if he was really keen. Other times he would come up and look at it and then you'd see his fins light up He'd light his pec fins up, he'd light his dorsal fin up, and then he'd get right up underneath it, drop his ass till he's nearly horizontal, drop down a couple of inches, then bang, come up and hit it. Now, the amount of times you'll see surface fishers cast out, hit the water, and just retrieve straight back in. Yeah. If my cod at times, if I dropped something on it and it got up under, he was getting right up underneath it and it moved away too far from his structure, he would drop back down to his log. Yeah, aren't they timid, eh? 
and he'd sit there and go, you were keen for that, and he could sit there and he'd look hungry and he'd be watching it, but because it moved out of the strike zone too fast, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. It's too so much. cast yeah. it out, let it hit, and sometimes those cod will follow the ripples of that water to find out where that thing is. So let it, let it sit, if you can, for four or five seconds, then what I call waking it up, give it a sharp twitch, Yeah. and then I actually bring it in at a medium pace. I don't actually bring it in slow. If you see anything that hits the water, whether it be a mouse, whether it be a rat, whether it be a duck, whether it be a cockatoo, anything, it doesn't want to be on there very long. It knows very well what could happen. So I tend to go after it, let it pause for a long time, medium pace, and I bring it in, unless I get a boof, and then I complete stop, because quite often if a fish hits it and it doesn't hook up, they'll circle back around, and you give them enough time to do that, they'll circle back around, drop back up underneath your lure and do the exact same thing I mentioned, and I'll drop their ass and they'll sit underneath it. And quite often- Straight up and down. Quite often when you do that little bit of a twitch straight after that first boof, bang, you're on again. So- They're you know, cool, aren't they? They are amazing fish the way they work. And I did not know that unless until I watched my pet cod sit there in the way he fed. So, you know, the, the, the older the fish I tend to find are a little bit more expert at taking a topwater the younger fish, smaller fish, a little bit inexperienced at eating stuff, will slash and bang and now will hit you. I had one hit me on the creek last week six times on the one retrieve. Yeah, wow. Bang, 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 bang. And he just kept going until I stopped it and sat there and I basically rattled my butt, rod butt, shaking on the water. Then he came up, bang, hit it. Yeah where I've had meter plus Murray Cod who'll come up behind it and just drop their ass and just, just swallow it. <laughs> gone, because they know how to hunt and, and they're not feed. they're not even at the top, they just open the gob and, and it actually sucks it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to your thing about talking about the pet cod, I actually, my pet cod, what, touching on what you've talked about, yeah. they are so timid, they hate the light, but what he actually does is something's on the water. I put a moth in there and it buzzes around, buzzes around, buzzes around. He'll get up and he'll go, right, I caught him, came, and he'll be sitting under it. But he yep. sits about oh, yep. 20 centimetres under it. Yep. And the last 20 centimetres, he accelerates. But it's buzzing, right? And he'll get 20 centimetres under it. He'll be there, he'll be keen, he'll be keen, and it stops. Mm. And it sits there, and it sits there. And after about five or six seconds, he starts to back away. Yep. If it stops and it doesn't move again, he will not eat it. No, they'll drop back they down. They will not touch it. And that's something that I've learned that I didn't know about, that I now know about. And obviously, you don't think about it because you're always whining or you're doing something with it. But if you cast it out and let it sit and it does stuff and you pause it, they will look at it for a while. But then if it doesn't move again, they don't want it. Even no. if they can, they, I don't know if they can still smell what's going on up there, but I put moths on, big moths. He can see it. Mm. Buzzes, buzzes, buzzes. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And it stops. And then if it buzzes again within yep. five seconds, it's gone. That's but if it doesn't move, no, nah. nah, back to my log. That's the thing, and that's why you should all, like a lot of people with a fish surface. Like if you put a, if you've got a, a nice log and you've got a hard body on, you will put twelve or a dozen casts in it. But surface fish, they seem to go one, two, three, four. No, nah, that's enough. Those cod, the amount of times they'll probably come up, look at your lure, get ready, get ready, get ready, and it's out of the, either out of their strike zone or it hasn't moved the right way, or it hasn't sat long enough, and they'll drop their ass and come back down, come up again, drop back down, come back again, drop back down. Yeah. Or it could be the simple fact that what you're presenting, and they might be keen to hit surface, isn't what they want. And that's another thing a lot of anglers who chuck top water don't get. Yeah. Just because you're throwing a paddler, 
you know, there could be, and you're not getting any, a lot of people sit there and put the same surface lure on and I'll flog it all night. And I've had it happen a heap of times. And I've had, where it really woke me up is I got a buff about a foot behind my lure. Poof! And I went, well, why do you do that? Why do you, why, why are they hitting behind my lure? And I keyed on and I went, well, maybe they're not, they're getting to that point where, yeah, I want to eat it. Nah, it's not quite right. Yeah. So I went from a paddler to a wake, a lot subtler, real quiet. Bang, started catching fish. I was like, right, yeah. And I started doing morning sessions, the same thing. I'd run a paddler during the morning and I'd run a wake over the same section. I'd run two rods, as you know. Bang, start catching them on one over the other. And they will preference one lure over the other, whether yeah. it be it's a little bit quieter or it's, it's, it's keyed into what they're usually hunting for. You just you can't get stuck in the same mindset. So you change it up. You either change your retrieve, change your lure. You know, if you sit there and you're drum drumming the same beat, running the same retrieve, and you're either not getting buffs or you're getting buffs and not hooking up, start to think, right, maybe I should be slowing it down, putting more pauses in. Break it up. Yeah. You know, change it up till you find out what they want. So it's and it's and it and it goes other way sometimes is I find a lot a lot of the time you got the fish that are like that and then you got the fish that are just on and you drop oh, that mate. cast in the in the key zone especially when you're fishing a river damn not so much but mm. in a river and you're like oh if you're sitting in that little pocket and lands there one twitch boom yeah hammers it and they just they just hammer it and you'll find them in different in different frame of minds but yep. when you're fishing a lake it's totally different now I want to go back to your thing about your medium pace mm. flip side of that I would say and I've talked to a lot of anglers I do the same thing as you, but in some situations, a sl- super slow retrieve is key, mm. and I'm thinking more impoundments. Mm. And and it and it sometimes because they got so far to go in an impoundment, I found that retrieving ultra slow, twitch, twitch, pause, twitch, and just make it mm. look like it's something injured that's actually not getting away at all, yeah. not moving, gives that big cod time to go. Oh, there's something. I'll come to the top because sometimes they got to rise. Like shallow is like a meter and a half. That's a long way. Yeah. Sometimes they're coming up three meters. Mm. You know, and and I've heard and I've and I've done it as well. Is uh, uh, some anglers love that slow retrieve twitch. You got to have a lot of self control because you just want you just want to go. Oh, yep, next cast. Oh, that's a good spot. Next cast. Next cast. Sometimes it's about picking a key area and just retrieving it really slowly. Twitch, twitch, pause. Yep. Tiny twitches, pause. But then, and and that's the thing. Like like I mentioned, it's it's not necessarily like I I fish. I fish paddlers at a medium pace, love that. And I think in the in the rivers especially, I think because we're pulling away from their structure. Now, a blaring cod's hunting zone could be hundreds of metres. They can roam. We're about to Murray cod in the Bidgee or you got a fast-blowing river or the Murray. Once you get two or three metres off their, off their log, that's probably outside their comfort zone. So a medium, 90% of the time. A medium pace retrieve, is it's either... I see you, I've got this amount of time and I've got a bit of a do or die response. If yeah. I don't eat this thing now, it's gone. Yeah. Bang, they'll nail it. Yeah. So I, I think that works in that respect. But in saying that though, when I worked frogs, uh, especially weedless frogs, I'll work them an inch at a time. Yeah. And it's a lot of commotion, very, very small retrieve, very, very slow, especially in slow flowing creeks. I tend to work, that works really well. So. Don't, don't get caught up, and that's, I think, a lot of people. I've had guys come into the shop and go, man, I've been chucking top water for, like, two months, and I've not caught a thing. Okay, what what have you been doing? I just chuck it out, I retrieve it. What else have you been doing? 
just that. <laughs> Righto. Okay. So, you know what? If I was um, if I was trying to do any job in my life and it didn't work out, I probably wouldn't be doing it for two months straight. Yeah, try it, mix it you up. You might have tr- try something else. You know, maybe your retrieve's not right or, you know, I'm getting tons of books and I'm not hooking up. Look at the lure. You know, a lot of a lot of cod, you know, they hit lure and they're not great at sucking it down. If especially if you get cheaply made surface lures that are very, very light. Yeah. They tumble, they get pushed. Whereabouts you got sur- yeah, you get surface lures with metal bibs and wooden bodies. You know, stuff like your gobsmacks or or you know, your strike force, which are timber made and with metal bibs, they sit lower in the water and the hookup rate is phenomenal. Wherever you get plastic made stuff, plastic injected, which is highly buoyant, very light. You'll get buffs all day, but your your hookup rates down the toilet. Yeah, good surface lures are key. Absolutely, and that's the thing. You you can get ten dollar cheapies. They don't get me wrong; they're fantastic, and you'll get tons of buffs, but you won't get any hookup. Your hookup yeah. rates just in the toilet. So that's a key thing about the lures. Most lures work. Your pat like your paddlers, your weight baits. Obviously, if you're not sure, paddlers they bloop across the top yep. and they go bloop 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 bloop, create heavy commotion. Good for you know getting those active fish feeding aggressive. Great for rivers, small creeks. Wake baits, um, good for all that as well, but wake baits are more subtle. So yep. a real subtle presentation, they snake across the top, probably got a better hookup rate because they dig in a little bit. Yeah, they're a bit more like a, a hard body, really, yeah. That just sits on the top and snakes. But with it, they're all good. There's that many brands out there that work well. Absolutely. You just, and it's hard to know when you're buying off the shelf, you actually have no idea how buoyant, how it's going to swim. No. You want it to have a good action, mm. like a good action is key, and you, you'll get that just by people going, yeah, these are the good ones, and your yeah. mates will say this. But yeah. have a look at it, cast it, see if it sits buoyant, but also see if it sits buoyant, I mean, sorry, not buoyant, see if it sits deeper in the water, mm. but also on the retrieve. Because mm. some of them, when you retrieve them, they'll lift up. Yeah. And the key thing is they need to sit low. Yeah. And a lot of the jointed ones, the tails will hang down. That's why I love about the gobsmacks. The gobsmacks are good. Both of them, but the, the paddler, the um, the leviathan, yep. is the tail sits down. And even when you retrieve, the tail hangs down. So the hook's sitting deeper. And another key thing you can do with your trebles is you can actually add a, an extra split ring in. You can add a second split. Especially that front treble. Yeah. yeah. You can add two split rings in and it actually drops that hook down further. Yeah. So when you're twitching, you're pausing, it'll swing and hang down. And when they come up and book, it will move up while you're retrieving a little bit. Mm. But when they buff it, that will be the first thing that sucks in. Mm. That's a, a key thing to try if, you, if you're missing hits. But before, I just want to go back real quickly. Back to your thing about far, like the, the rivers and how you retrieve and that. As a rule of thumb, if you've got fast-flowing water mm. and you've got pockets, like you said, retrieve it at a medium pace mm. because the fish has got to, oh, do or die, got to eat do it. Do or die. If you've got slow water, your impoundments, yep. fish are a lot slower. Yep. That's just a rule of thumb to go by. So what were you going to say about the lures? Um, in regards to your lures, yeah, it's like you were saying, like I, I tend to muck around with mine a heap. Um, you know, talk like, like you said, talk to your mates, have a look at the guys who are successfully catching fish on top water. Have a look what they're using. I've one and match the hatch. You know, um, you know. For example, mull whaler is a really, really good example. When the cockatoo start to hatch around mull whaler, white and yellow surface lures go nuts. Yeah, right. When you start seeing, you know, small cockies, or you start. My grandfather used to tell me the same thing. When the swallows used to hatch around the the Murrumbidgee River along the clay edges, you'd use, you know. He would use birds for bait back when they were back in the bad old days. But for me, that's where I would use small black and red 80 mil topwater lures that replicate either small birds or swallows. So bogon moths, when they start hatching, 
black and gray. Look at the surface blue and look what the color underneath is. Yeah. That's that's the key thing. You know, those darker little bodies. When the mice plagues are on, Malwala, white or gray surface lures that have white or gray underneath, because you have a look at the belly of a rat or a mouse, a mouse, the bellies are white and they will key into that. They will sit yeah. there and look at that. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a lure which I used at the creek last week. I said to Derek from Strife Force, I said, I want you to make me an 80 mil lure. And I usually only run 100 or 150 mil lures. I said, I want an 80 mil. I want it to look like a mouse. Because after harvest, you've got a lot of displaced mice. And I said, don't put trebles on it. Just put two assist hooks on the back. And I ran 100 mils on one rod and that little 80 on the other. That 80 mil got crashed all night. And I put that lure in second after the 100 mil all night because I was looking for a big fish. But that little 80 mil was obviously exactly what they wanted and those little cyst hooks off the back mate made the hook up because right even in the dark they can tell if it's small or big eh? absolutely they can feel they are so intelligent they can feel based on how it's swimming and just its its size they know it's big just mm. based on feel and they and they sat there and i had interested fish look at my 100 mil lure and go not an absolute iota of interest look at that put the 80 mil over the top Bang, straight away, first cast. And that's that, that keen fish that took six swipes at that surface lure, that 100 mil had driven over that about a dozen times. First cast, I put that 80 mil in. Bang, 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 bang. He was like, oh, I want that. Yeah. So, funny, no, eh? don't don't get coined in. You know, don't buy one top water lure and flog it till the paint comes off or you lose it. Buy a range, and that's the thing. I tell people who come to the shop, buy a paddler, buy a wake, buy a frog. Buy three or four. You don't go out with just one spinner bait or one hard body. So, and go back to that thing about the colour. The top of the lure colour means rubbish. Absolutely. It's, it's all it, about the belly. You go, oh, I've got some darks, I've got some lights. Nah. Turn them upside down and have look, a look at them. Have and a look. white is my favourite because more things than not have a light belly, mm. but then you've still got to have some that have darker bellies too. Mm. So you've got to mix that I up. Like, I, like, um, I like a dark. I, I either go one or the other. I go, if I'm fishing... On a full moon or, or a bit of a moonlit night, I like a darker contrast because the, the, the dark body will um, absorb more light and throw a bigger contrast. We're fishing early morning, late afternoon. I like a, a white belly um, because it does. It does look like a mouse or it does look like a you know a small bird or a sparrow or a swallow that's fallen in the water because they've generally got a white chest. Yeah. It, it, it matches the hatch. I'm not just sitting there going, oh, wait, red and black surface lure, that'll... That'll do. Well, what's the underside of a darker wood duck? They're brown, aren't they? Brownie dark. They're, 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 they're darker. or Yeah, so exactly. the same as, you know, and that's one thing. I was throwing a mouse lure once up at Mulwala, and it was completely black. And um, I was bounce, 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 bounce. And I did it for ages. And I had a yarn to a, a bloke uh, in Wagga who's a mad surface fisher. He goes, oh, I said, people are catching cod on, on surface lures over there because they're regurgitating mice because there's a mad mice play. I said, oh, I can't catch a freaking thing. And he goes, what's your surface lure look like? I said, oh, a little black mouse. He goes, how many little black mice have you seen running around, Chris? And I went, not a great deal. He goes, find something or goes, or paint the belly of it white or grey. I don't know, no worries. And I thought it was an absolute kook. Chucked it out there, twitch, 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 twitch. <laughs> Shit, I don't know, okay. Maybe he's got a bit of credit about this. Yeah. Same areas, same places, start catching fish. Yeah. Now, that may not be the case all the time. I guarantee no. you, you could throw out a lime green speckled red surface lure and crash fish. But there will be times when fish will sit there and they will go, that's what I want. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. 
Match the hatch. Match the hatch. So it's key. not. It's not just chucking top waters or paddlers or wakes till the you know until the cows come home. If it doesn't work, and we do it with spinner baits and we do it with hard bodies, do it with surface. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, a couple of your favourite models. Um, so for people who are keen to get into surface fishing, mm. what a couple? Just a couple of your go-to's, and then I'll share a couple of mine. Sure. Um, number one for me has to be a hundred mil strike force buff bait. Yep. Love it. The 80 mil buff bait as well. The 80s are good, especially when you start seeing mice or moths hatching around. So they're just a good, solid, heavy, hard made top water. They're yeah, good. Absolutely. Um, Great action. I like the in the Strike Force make a good wake as well, and yep. the Gobsmack um, uh, Krankenstein. Mm-hmm. They're a good. They're a wake bait. There's they're a wake. 125 and a 175. The 125 is fantastic in the river. I love it. Um, I've started to go into um, soft frogs and mice now. I love the sprows, yep. the 90 mil one ounce sprows. You can cast them, you can skip them under timber. They are just deadly. Yeah. Um, and the live target um, field mouse. Yeah. It just, those four, I could sit there and go, right, I could find out on a day if they're cracking top water, they'll eat one of them. Yeah. Yeah, all good lures, all good lures. Same again, the, the, there's the two models in the gobsmack, mm. the Leviathan and the Krankenstein. The Leviathan, I nailed a 130 cod, my PB, mm. at blaring on the paddler, 175. I use that in the impairments on top. And then the smaller ones, the 125 in the creeks. And mm. he also has a frog pattern and a couple other patterns. They're all timber made. They're a really good lure. Yeah. Um, the Spros, as you said, mm. really good. Any of those weedless little soft hollow body frogs work really well. Yeah. And a couple others I've been using is the Bramber ones have some nice wakes, the interchangeable bibs. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. It's a really good... You know, for guys who want to spend the... You know, Money on a on a surface lure, the ability to change the bib from yeah, a weight exactly. to a paddler, that's insane. You've got two lures in one. And one that's just come out is the Tremor. Uh, we yeah. did a podcast on that. That's got its other added benefits as well. But it's also the fact you can go from a wake bait to a paddler to a diving in one lure. Mm. So that's a good lure. And also Ballista have the hunchback. It's a nice little paddler as well. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's a lot out there, so many out there. But mm. they all do work fairly well yeah uh, but obviously just take recommendations of other people we've just given you a few of our recommendations absolutely and you know because some lures aren't up to the job this other lures like the kingfisher mantis really good mm. really good surface lure like it works well it does yeah um it's one of those there's there's a lot of lures out there and there's and the hard thing is to like i said you've got to sort of wade through there's some ones on the market where I've had you know, really, really good anglers suggest these lures and promote these lures, and then I've tried them on, and to be totally honest, they're utter crap. They are too light and they tumble. Have, have a yarn to guys who have caught fish and used it successfully. You know, look, look for those heavy, heavier lures. You, know, you can pick up a lure in a shop and you can feel the weight. Have a look at the hardware. If it's got heavy hardware, it's got heavy rings, yeah. it's got a metal bib, chances are it's gonna sit low in the water, it's gonna have a good hook upright. Yeah. Don't look for something that's got a whole heap of rattles or a whole heap of fancy color. You they know, don't always need rattles. They don't need rattles. Yeah, I actually enough. prefer timber without a rattle. Absolutely, you know, they're gonna come cr- create enough commotion as it is. Look for something, you know, look for something that's local made too. Don't sit there and have a look at plastic blow molds all the time. You know, timber lures, metal bibs, good hardware, good paint job, and you know, you'll know straight away whether or not it's quality. And don't be prepared, you know, prepared to pay 30 bucks for a surface lure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so back to one thing we didn't touch on yet, which is probably the most important thing with surface fishing, mm. is the strike. Mm. So the strike is, 
you wand, you bloop, 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 paddle, paddle, paddle. What yep. it, what it, now, there's the technique called the dead hands technique. Mm. What's your interpretation of it and how do you, what do you do when a cod boofs and hits? Okay. You're winding, you're in your retrieve, what do you do? And then right, I'll... Rightio, kids. So for those who are new to surface fishing, this is exactly what's going to happen. So you're going to cast your surface lure out, providing you've listened to the tips and tricks that we've just told you. That lure is going to land on the water. You're going to retrieve it, retrieve it, retrieve it, and think, oh, I'm not going to get a hit. Then what's going to happen? You're going to get what's called a boof. Now, it's going to sound like a shotgun going off in the water. In that, ta- in that case, you're going to crap yourself, and you're going to strike, and you're going to put that lure behind you in the gum tree. <laughs> what you should be doing. That's what happens. <laughs> and, and, and it's a knee-jerk reaction that'll happen to 99, even for those anglers like myself, who you might have a spell from surface fishing. You're going to get that first buff you had in forever while, and you're going to go, Ugh! and you're going to pull that bloody lure up over your head. You're going to strike. You're going to strike. It's, it's, it's going to happen. What you have to train yourself to do is to cast out and expect that buff all through your tree. And when it does happen, do not strike. Do not do anything. Keep that rod pointed at the water and play it cool. If you do not feel any weight, don't strike. And just remember that that fish is possibly still under your lure or it's circling back around. In that case, think about it, take a deep breath, clean out your pants, twitch, 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 and then continue your retrieve and wait for that hit. If it doesn't happen, put it straight back in. And then if you do get that hit, wait for the rod to load. Wait for that weight, then set your hook. Right. Because if you don't have that weight, if you feel that buff and you don't feel hooks and you pull it, you're gonna pull it clean out of his mouth and also you're gonna pull it out of his strike zone. Because not only will you, you know, if you hear that boof and you pull it out, chances are he's going to go back to his snag. Yeah. He's going to sit it's back there. It's not going to be natural. It's not going to be natural. You know, when they hit a duck or they hit a mouse, it doesn't all of a sudden, you know, move 20 foot in one direction. Let him turn back around and let him get back under your lure. Yeah. Easier said than done, but keep calm and it'll happen. It'll, you know, you'll... You'll get it down there. Because you're making it look injured. Obviously, if it buffs a duck or something and it escapes, it's going to take off. Not in 20 feet in one hit, but it's going to start going. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of times that cod will be like, oh, I missed out my chance. Yeah. But if it hits it and the thing sits injured, it's and like, oh, this it. thing's injured. And yep. yep. I've heard mark, it. I've heard it. Exactly right. So what I do, I do I do basically the same thing, but with one tiny little extra thing. Say you're whining, paddle, 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 or it's waking through, and you get the buff. You don't strike, and all I do is continue to retrieve. Yep. So I don't. There's a there's a rule of dead hands, which is just dead hands dead still. Hand. I actually find I get a better hookup rate if I get the buff. If I just continue to do two or one crank of the handle, mm. because what that does is it continues to move it. It gives you some kind of pressure, yep. and if it gives you that little bit of pressure, it helps set the hook in case that fish comes up, hits it, and swims at you. Mm. It's you, you know you're gonna have slack line. And it's gonna be able to throw the yep. hooks. So what I do is I wind, wind. Boof, continue to whine, and then I feel weight. I can feel the hooks dig in in that retrieve, and then I just give it a little lift. Yeah. And then boom, you're on. If you don't feel anything in that next whine, then you stop. You stop. So it's basically you've boofed it, you've continued a bit of pressure. Yeah. Um, and it basically sits in the same spot, like it hasn't gone anywhere, and then it gives them time to come back. So if you pick, you picked up your slack, and you, you're ready to go again, rather than sending the lure, sending the lure past your, your ear. But it happens. We all do. I still get a thing. You, oh, you, and you strike, and you don't mean to, and you might make it jump like two, two foot. foot. And you're like, damn it! <laughs> and you're like, I, I know that you're not meant to do that, but it will happen. It yeah. will happen. But let's just play your dead hands. Yeah. 
and when you strike, it's not a full blown strike. It's just a it's just a lift. And I actually yeah. strike. I strike my fish under the water like a truck. I hit them. Oh, that I've hard. seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I hit them that hard to make sure they stick because I've missed a lot of big cod. I think it's from blaring, fishing blaring with big big cod, and they just don't get yeah. through the bones in the mouth. Yeah, I've I've seen you fishing blaring where you strike at the front of the boat and somehow you're at the back of the boat within three <laughs> seconds. I'm like, where the but where'd he go? Yeah, trying to pick up the slack. That's just me trying to pick up the slack. But yeah, with surface, you don't need to struggle hard. And the other thing I find with surface is a lot of the fish get hooked on the outside of the face. Mm. So I run thinner trebles on my surface Stickier lures. Stickier ones. Yeah, thinner, sharper ones, which aren't great because they do snap. But you get a better hookup rate. So when I've hooked up, instantly I'm like, play it easy. Just I set the hook, the hook's in, right, cool, play it easy, play it easy until yep. you see the fish because I've hooked heaps on the outside of the face. I hooked mm. a 90 centimeter cod out of a river on the side of the face. Tiny trebles. They were they were one O's, but they were the ST thirty sixes, light light ones. Hooked him. If I didn't have them, I probably wouldn't have hooked him. And then when he got to the edge, he was sitting in the shallows, and I couldn't get him to the edge. And I handed the rod to a mate and said, "I got to go in and get it, but be careful." Like I had the thing in free spool, and I had him hold his thumb on. I said, "Because they will snap if he kicks." Took one step in the water, and they snapped, and it kicked. And I managed to jump in and grab him before he took off. But yeah, that's just something to remember. Mm. It's just that's how you set a hook. Fight them easy until you get to see the fish. Well, the thing is, they're, they're up and up, nine times out of ten, they're up and off their structure anyway. So you've got half the battle won. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Getting him there and keeping you cool, and that's the main thing. Keep you cool when you get that buff. Luckily, if you if you happen to hook up the first go, then power to you. But if he doesn't hook up, take a breath. Like I said, take a deep one because you'd be going. If it's your first fish, you will freak out. Continue retrieve, keep tight to it, and yeah, you'll get him eventually. Yeah, and so just to summarise, the retrieve medium to slow pace, mm. mix it up. Yeah, like Chris said match the sort of situation go faster in those faster waterways slower in the slower ones match the hatch mm. use something that matches what they feed on yep. if you've got goannas on the top that swim across the Absolutely. top snakes use wake baits if you've got birds that hit the water and flap around and yep. that you want to use a paddler yep. your low light periods are key fishing yep. throughout the dark is key yep. great time to fish yep. but don't disregard shadows during the day exactly right yeah you know it's, it concentrates your fish in those little pockets you know exactly if there's going to be a feeding fish that's going to take top water he's going to be in there surface fishing absolutely fun. madness what's your what's your biggest cod on surface 102 102 102 um it's probably not my most memorable uh it's oh, not no no come it, on sure no, it is oh, okay yeah that was pretty nuts it, it, it's a close second to a 97 i got out of the bidgey um that was absolute mayhem. The, the 102 was good because he buffed me and we were filming the surface tutorial. for. Uh, so we were filming. We, we were, were filming. filming this night. And um, I'd, I'd, a couple of weeks big. previously, I'd caught a 97 and I thought that was absolute mayhem. Um, the 97, I actually, I cast out and my lure got snagged about three foot from my rod tip and I was twitching it on the surface. I was trying to get it off and I cracked the irrits and I turned my headlamp on and I leant over to take my lure off and I could see the eye shine from the Murray Cod underneath my surface lure. So I freaked out, turned the headlamp off and I unhooked it and as I did I spooked him, he took off and I literally just cast about three foot in front of him and he turned around and ate it. <laughs> Complete and utter ass. I've heard that him. story about three times. But the, the, one, the 102, as I said, we were filming the social fishing tutorial and I stood on this stump and I cast it out. And I'm fresh in my mind of the 97 I just caught and I'm retrieving it back. And Jack was a couple of meters away from me and this sound of this fish come up just. <laughs> and I could 
I didn't hook up to him. He didn't feel weight, but I could feel the shock wave up the line. And I just looked over at Jack and I went, that was big. And I think you were like, was, was it decent? I'm like, man, that was an absolute donkey. Yeah, because I think it was like, you were like, oh, that was huge. And then Jack, like, it was a good 15 seconds later because it's dark and we're yeah. filming. He's like, that was big. <laughs> that was big. And this is all on camera. It was, yeah. pretty, it was pretty surreal. And then we went upstream. We caught a few smaller fish. Yeah, we let him rest because we didn't want to flog well, him too much. Well, you did. You cast at him and didn't come back. Yeah. So and that was thought- 9.30. And then we come back and it was 11 o'clock on the way back to the car. Yeah. And then I um yeah I, I I said to I said to Jack and Talos who were there I said if anyone gets on that stump I will drown them in the water directly <laughs> below it, so I stood on the stood on the stump used the exact same lure the exact same rod, took a big deep breath cast out pop, 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 and just then <laughs> holy Didn't hell and it. then I turned my headlamp on, and I looked down to where I was and actually where I was standing on this stump right in front of me was the rest of the tree in the water. Just and this thing just went everywhere. He Berger. went in every single nook and cranny of this tree, and it was an absolute dogfight getting him out. So yeah. we filmed it because it's the surface stuff. We basically filmed you catching fish in the daylight, mm. and then come pitch black, we I just recorded the audio and yep. had the boys with the camera I had with the torch beside me. So yep. as it hooked up, you hear it going, and then and you can hear the, the drag. I'm using a four to six kg toothpick on this meter two absolute slob in dense timber. Jeez, it was a mad fight. Anyway, and you end up catching it. I end up catching it somehow, like like a complete and utter ass. Yeah. But yeah, I got, that's probably the most, and I've caught like my meter 25, which is my biggest Murray Cod, that 102 absolutely tops it. Yeah. It's the most, it is the greatest capture I've ever had. And you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's a good catch. And it's all in the Murray Cod on surface tutorial in the mm. complete guide. So there's not only that catch, there's two, three other fish that night when yep. we got earlier. Um, there's masses of tips in that. If you've learned a lot from this, you'll love this, that. You'll love that. And it's just full on action. Show you how to retrieve lures. We show you what we do. Talus caught a meter cod out of the Bidgee mm. um, six months later, a year later. That's caught on camera in that. A whole bunch of other awesome top work. Oh, action mate. Yeah. It was a fan, It's a great tutorial. Straight off the bat, bang, first hole. Uh, I think I've got one on a Strike Force Wake Snake. Belted it two times, came out, and you get to see the whole lot. Yeah. If you're looking for really, really good surface action and not to mention like Grace said tips loaded from, with from, content from from go to woe if you want to learn how to catch a cod on top water it's the best tutorial you'll see out there well that's why we created it that's why the whole series is there is to help you learn more about fishing there's the the murray cod and golden perch and rivers series teaches the basics yep. and it's a very popular one the most popular but if you're keen on surface fishing Absolutely. go check that one out cool that was awesome that Surface fishing is good fun, eh? It's addictive, you know. I've, I'm already thinking tomorrow night, yeah. I'll knock off work, I'll head down to the creek, yeah. I'll tell the missus I've got to do stock take or something, and I'll go fishing for a few yeah. hours. I haven't surface fished for uh, for quite a while, not since the season opened. Well, so mate, if the bidget at the moment is firing, guys, yeah. so get down. Good stuff. Alrighty, thanks, Heath, for that. It was good uh, to catch up. Top water cod doesn't get any better. You guys no. get out there and give it a crack, and thanks for joining me, Chris. Thanks, man. Loved it, mate. Good stuff. there you have it guys like I said at the very start didn't I tell you that was going to be a cracker of an episode and we went right in depth and if you 
even if you knew a heap about surface fishing, I hope you pick something up from that. And if you didn't know much of it about it at all, I reckon you've got a great starting platform now to go out there and be confident in what you do. Now, if you are keen to learn more, as I said, there is that complete guide series. It's the Murray Cod on Surface series. It is one of the best ones we put together. There is so much action there and we cover creeks, rivers, lakes, and there's even a bonus tutorial there. It has so much content. Even the bonus tutorial is full of tips, techniques, and a, and a heap of action, heaps of hookups, buffs. You know, it's, it's a really exciting series, jam-packed, all about targeting Murray Cod on surface. So go check that out if you want to see more. There's a video trailer on the Social Fishing website that highlights what you will get in that series. That is the surface episode. It, I loved it. It was awesome. We covered so much good content and we've got plenty more awesome ones coming soon. Like I said, guys, if you have ideas for us, if you have any ideas on things you would like us to do in the podcast topics, please let us know. The more things we get sent through, the better so that we can customize these episodes to suit you guys because the podcast is all about you guys. We want to create content for you. Obviously, jump on the apps that you listen to the podcast on and give us a like, review, leave your comments. The more comments, the better. Once again, guys, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Go Fish Nagambi. Uh, they sponsored this episode, so without them, we couldn't bring it to you. And Go Fish Nagambi is happening the 2nd to the 5th of April, guys. Make sure you get there. I cannot wait. Like I said at the start of this episode, 80000 dollars in cash and prizes up for grabs. It's ridiculous. The daily caravans, boats, random prizes. They've got this thing, which I don't think I've ever seen in a competition before, which is called Cod O'Clock and Carp O'Clock. Now, last year, what happens is, and the same thing will happen this year, is you, you have an app. So, the fish get recorded through the app. You take a photo on a measuring mat, you, you know, snap a photo, it gets uploaded through the app. Now, in the app, they send you a notification each day it happens. And let's say, for example, it's the first day. You're out there on the Friday, right? We're fishing. Say 10 o'clock, bing on your app, it comes through and it's caught o'clock. So, that means between 10 and 11, you have one hour to catch the size of the fish that they send through. So, the size might be 62 centimeters. So, it'll say 62 centimeter cod. If you catch a 62 centimeter cod or closest to it in the hour and you're obviously the first one to catch it, or say no one gets one and you get a 50 or a 60 centimeter, if you're closest to it, you take home, last year they were camper trailers, I'm pretty sure, Jayco J-Track camper trailers. This year, they've got a very similar prize up for grabs. You know, like if you're looking at like a 10, 12, $13,000 prize, tow it home, go home, you tow yourself a Jayco home. I think you know, it's 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 crazy the prizes you get just for catching it could be a sixty-two centimeter cod, like ridiculous. They also have a carp o'clock and they have awesome prizes for catching carp. There's also inside the festival, there's there's so much going on, so much entertainment, caravans, you know, fishing shops, tackle shops, there's stuff for kids. Last year the kids could catch a barramundi in a pond. They had a pond there, like a setup pond, and the kids could catch a barramundi in Victoria just insane. If you don't know where Nagambi is, it's an hour and a half north of Melbourne and two hours south of Albury. Really simple drive straight there. Like I said, there's 150 boat spots left. Make sure you get in. 2nd to the 5th of April, 2020. It's only a month away. It's the 2nd of March. Now I'm recording this. You might listen to this the 2nd, 3rd, the 4th of March. We have a month to go. Get your entries in. 
book some accommodation and I will see you there. Once again, guys, thank you for listening to the Social Fishing Podcast. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. We've got many more, many more episodes to come in the future, heaps more fishing content and some really awesome anglers that we are going to interview. Once again, guys, thank you very much and I will be talking to you in the near future. Thanks for listening to the Social Fishing Podcast.